This is All India Radio. Life must go on. All India Radio, in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar, presents science serial Life Must Go On, based on understanding and managing sustainable development. Life must go on. And to discuss how life must go on, I'm joined by eminent panel here. There's uh, Dr. Anand Kumar Sharma, Regional Coordinator, Agromet Advisory Services Division, India Meteorological Department. Uh, Dr. Somnath Baidiroy, Associate Professor, Center for Atmospheric Sciences, IIT Delhi. And Dr. B. Ketyagi, Scientist with Vigyan Prasar. Gentlemen, welcome to the studio. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Anuj. Uh, I'd like to begin with uh, uh, Dr. Roy. Uh, one has been going through the newspapers lately. It has been amply highlighted that this has been the warmest January in the last, some papers say 12 years, some say 25 years. For people like me who don't mind a warm January with all my mufflers and caps tucked off, uh, how alarming is it if you look at the larger picture? Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. I mean, first I will say, yes, I mean, nobody uh, likes a very cold winter. A warm winter is probably not a bad thing. But the problem with global warming is such hmm. that like when you have a warm winter, you are also probably going to have a warm summer. And I'm hmm. sure that's not something that you <laughs> like. Uh, now, however, I mean, I would caution against taking data from one month huh. and drawing a large conclusion. In my opinion, that uh, what we should be focusing on that Januarys over the past 10, 20, 30 years mm. have consistently getting warmer, mm. barring one or two exceptions. Mm. In fact, I would extend this further and say that every year till today, mm. like in the compared to the past, like, you know, maybe 20, 30 years, mm. except for a few exceptions have been warmer than the previous year. So this is actually part of a larger trend mm. and which is something that scientists have with uh, almost 100% certainty ascribed to what we call global warming or climate change mm -hmm. due to um, emissions of fossil fuels and other greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sharma, we'll soon be discussing uh, deeper subjects like natural resource management. We'll touch a bit of water, a bit of biodiversity, a bit of sustainable mining. You are with the Agromed division. Now, much emphasis is being led on Agromed these days. But this is one subject which not every student of science knows well about. Agromet is something which, to my mind, comes across as a combination of, you know, agriculture and meteorology, yes. which it is. Yes. How do you explain the role of agromet in the larger picture, as we said? Fantastic. See, agrometrology has a very important role in natural resource management and especially in agriculture. How? Farmers these days want to know when to sow their crops, hmm. when to irrigate, how much to irrigate, when to harvest their crop, and when to spray chemicals to control diseases. So these are the few important questions which a farmer wants to know well in advance so that he can plan his activities. Hmm. Hmm. And here we are, India Meteorological Department, through its agromet advisories or weather-based agro-advisories to the farmers, hmm. through television, radio, SMS, is doing a great job. Say for example, now we have a wheat crop, hmm. it's a winter season, and it has certain critical stages for where it needs irrigation. Hmm. 
Now say for example, computer models are right now indicating a western disturbance around 9th and 10th. <laughs> okay, so this information is very important for the farmers. <laughs> so as we go further, we will know that suddenly it is going to give rain. So then <laughs> what we do is we tell the farmers, look, <laughs> you need to irrigate your crops, <laughs> but you postpone your irrigation because rain is going to come. So <laughs> now if the rain comes, you just imagine how much money you save. <laughs> Say for example, Uttarakhand when I was there as director of meteorological center, there we have 7 lakh hectares of irrigated land. And the cost of irrigation of one hectare is 500 rupees. Mm -hmm. So just imagine if I save one irrigation, mm -hmm. how much it comes to 7 lakh into 500 rupees. Mm -hmm. It runs into crores. Okay. So you can save lots of money and you have saved electricity, you have mm -hmm. saved the underground water. So this is the one advantage. Second thing is suppose there is a disease and farmer is interested to spray certain chemicals. Mm -hmm. So we will tell him, look, you have a disease, but you wait because rain is going to come if you spray. Your chemical, it, will it will be washed away. First is you will lose your chemical money. Mm -hmm. Second thing, this washed away chemicals will enter into ponds mm -hmm. and river. Mm -hmm. There it's going to create more ecological problems. Okay. Okay. So I'm saving the money huh. and I'm saving the environment also. Huh. So natural resource management here. Huh. So that's the most important. Similarly, fertilizer also. It's raining and you have applied the fertilizer, it will leach down. It will pollute the groundwater. So that's another issue. Sowing and harvesting, I'll give you one very good example. I had given the forecast that hmm. rain is going to come. So one of the farmers in the Haridwar district, what he did was he harvested his Toria crop. Again, it was a winter time. Hmm. So then when we collect the scientist-farmer interaction, he gave us the feedback. Sir, hmm. you had given the forecast. Hmm. And knowing that, hmm. I harvested my crop. Hmm. I said, how much you saved? He said, I saved something like 1 lakh rupees. Otherwise, hmm. if had he not harvested that crop, it would lead to the grain shattering. Okay, okay. So this is how so I think uh, it is a very important point in terms of uh, like we keep on listening to so much complaints. So this is one of the you know the voices of our farmers that uh, the agriculture is no more profitable venture now. Hmm. Uh, it may be like I think uh, there is a lack of or some information gap in terms hmm. of how they can maximize the existing information system to hmm. optimize uh, their yes. agriculture yeah. production by reducing the cost. Yeah. I think yes, hmm. uh, this is like uh, which I feel is very important intervention in yes. terms of and we request all our farmers also to be very very careful and particular hmm. about uh, these kind of information what the uh, meteorological department is giving for them. Yeah. I will add one more thing in this. Hmm. Our production about 15 to 20 percent goes as a waste due to you know like either diseases hmm. or post harvesting hmm. losses. Hmm. So if we can give right kind of advisories and if we can reduce these losses and we can hmm. prevent these diseases from happening hmm. so that 15 to 20 percent loss will also be further increase in production just out of curiosity before i forget uh, dr roy asked us not to be alarmed but i somehow can't take it off my mind has anything to do with the agromed department was it alarmed because of the warm january see what happens generally like uh, you must have read the news also hmm. some people said in uttarakhand there's a tree called rhododendron it has mm -hmm. beautiful flowers mm -hmm. normally they say it's flowers in the month of march now they're saying it has already started flowering in the late january yeah, it was yesterday only. Yeah, yeah. yeah some yes. there was a news mm -hmm. but then you know again it's like this why it has happened because flowering is linked to heat units temperature mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you have higher temperatures your phenological stage will be reached earlier mm -hmm. so early flowering and why this time early flowering because less rain less mm. clouding less snow 
Mm-hmm. So you have higher temperatures, mm-hmm. but there are years when you have normal rain, normal temperatures, then it flowers again in flowery. But many people are linking it with the global warming. Mm-hmm. So here I am saying, you know, like when it is happening normal, then what will you say? Can we take like the single isolated event of flowering? Yeah. Is it enough proof to link it with the climate change or global so warming? Yeah, or? that's actually a very good question, and that's yeah. something that I kind of uh, alluded to at the beginning. That so climate is a very long term large scale phenomenon and that is something that takes maybe tens of years even a hundred years to mm-hmm. unfold mm-hmm. and if you look at all the evidence regarding climate change we are talking about let's say a two three degree warming over the course of a hundred years mm-hmm. and it also has many manifestations manifestations mm-hmm. in the form of changes in rainfall pattern sea level rise changes in ecosystem responses mm-hmm. like you know flowering mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. kinds of things so that is certainly, if we look at all the evidence, we certainly see trends mm. that are consistent with the warming world mm-hmm. in almost all the facets of the mm-hmm. earth system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the climate is also very variable. Mm-hmm. There is a natural variability in the climate system mm-hmm. as well. Yes. So year to year differences, mm-hmm. which probably have nothing to do with uh, climate, global climate warming, change. Mm-hmm. but just natural variability. So that is why caution people that when we look at like one piece of evidence, please don't draw a conclusion. Look at like many other evidences, put them together and only then mm-hmm. once a trend or a broad large scale mm-hmm. uh, statistically significant pattern emerges, mm-hmm. then we kind of try to See, here climate many people are also confusing climate variability as climate change yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, yeah. climate change yeah. is an yeah. added pressure to the climate variability yes, that yes, we need yes. to understand yeah. so yeah. many of the changes we are what happens is you have normal rainfall below normal and above normal above, yeah. so people are confusing that whenever it's below they confuse it with the climate yes. change when yes. it's above they confuse yes. it with yes. climate change yes. but it, actually it should be abnormal things should be linked to that and yeah. that should be consistent and over a long period long of time. period of time yeah suppose like this time monsoon is very erratic but uh, next year if it's normal so this factor cannot be attributable to this uh, climate change or global warming. In, in fact, you know, monsoon is such huh. a strong system. Over the last hundred years, we have not found any change, much change, change. Much change in yes, that. Yes, yes. That intra-annual and inter-annual changes uh-huh. will be there. Uh-huh. But as a monsoon system, it has not much impact on climate change. Has yeah, not because much. there is something interesting. In Kerala, it has to hit the coast in a particular day. Yes. And people have, you know, they are betting on that issue. <laughs> yes. Whether yes. the yes. climate is uh, reaching yes. on yes. that particular day, yes. true, as per the previous. Yes. So it is so predictable and so definite, actually. Yes. So I don't think even the last two, three years record, if we see, there is hardly a variation of a one or two day maximum. But past also we have seen, you know, in a particular like Mumbai or Delhi, reaching there is a variability. Mm-hmm. It may reach 10, it has also like for example 2013 mm-hmm. when you had Kedarnath. Mm-hmm. That time you had uh, monsoon had reached somewhere around uh, 14th or 15th of June, June. itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. normally it hits Delhi somewhere around 28th or 29th of June. June yes. So that natural variability mm-hmm. is already there, yeah, here is, and there. Yeah. But yeah, plus one week and this thing plus uh-huh. minus is uh-huh. considered normal. Uh-huh. But then variability is such. Uh-huh. Natural climate variability already exists that 15th June to it may go up to even yes. 15th July also yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll add uh-huh. like a little bit more mm-hmm. to this mix here. Jay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as uh, Dr. Sharma said that we have natural variability. And climate change is an added pressure on that variability. 
some uh, like recent studies are also showing that climate change affects that variability as well for example like you know there are evidences in terms of some extreme weather Mm -hmm. it is indeed true that like you know in certain parts of the world extreme weather is increasing Mm -hmm. so you have natural variability on top of that you have a trend like climate change which is slowly changing the patterns but it is also changing the patterns of variability there is some very weak evidence about you know bay of bengal cyclones Mm -hmm. we don't know very much about Mm -hmm. that yet but there is a possibility that there are some weak signs so that is why climate change is a very very complex problem i mean you have natural variability you have a trend Mm -hmm. you have changes in that natural variability Mm -hmm. i mean i personally believe that like we have enough evidence that climate is changing and I think that most people if I look at around the world they really want to do something about Mm -hmm. it and so that to me is a very very good sign Mm -hmm. and if you look at like you know the last Paris 2015 Mm -hmm. COP and Mm -hmm. all of these things Mm -hmm. I think we've uh, for our country we've taken some very very strong steps so I personally think that I mean obviously we cannot reverse this trend probably Mm. definitely not in our lifetime but I think we can do enough to arrest this so that it never becomes a catastrophe but I'm you know I mean I guess I'm more of an optimist than a... means like uh, the the message from Dr. Rai is that uh, at least we can freeze at the existing level by taking certain initiatives yes mitigation mitigation at the world community level at the national level at the local level and even at the individual level, I yes. think. Uh, well, equally complex, gentlemen, is uh, the ever-ongoing debate of uh, achieving high economic growth rate versus, you know, the dream of maintaining the sustainability of uh, biodiversity. This is one area which uh, this falls under the scope of uh, today's discussion. And it leads to more questions than answers. Yeah. Like the aspect is this, one side we had the problem climate change which has been attributed to for anthropological reason and that is majority of that intervention human intervention is just to maximize the economic growth and now we are talking about the concept of sustainable development where we are not uh, like we have to keep enough of our resources for the future generation but at the same time if we take a case of india we have already our population is uh, you know billion plus yes. so how we can like uh, reconcile both the aspect if we reduce that we'll be lagging behind we cannot feed so many people is a question of uh, food and security agriculture and all that but if we reduce that then compromising on our economic growth so what is the way out now we are in a very traumatic situation if we can go this way or we should go that way and both side we had a problem Hmm. So how to deal with this kind of situation? No, I think you are absolutely right. We have limited resources and unlimited appetite. Hmm. And Hmm. naturally, we want to maximize production. So doing that, we are also creating more problems to the environment. And that again is putting brakes on the production. Like some areas in Punjab, you see, because of high productivity of wheat, rice, production has increased. But you know, like because of continuous irrigation, the mm. water table has come up, the lands are becoming salty. Mm. So th- that's again a, not a sustainable system. Yes. So this is what we need to realize. So cropping pattern should be as per the climate of that region. Mm. 
there is a one more very linked question to that of this land use uh, land. change yes, yes because even i have seen in so called that uh, green uh, revolution area yeah. where they have changed the cropping yes. pattern now yes. they are growing paddy yes. this is mm. the area where this is a semi arid like, area they should yeah. not be growing paddy yes. yes but uh, because of this uh, market compulsion or mm. making more profits yes. yes they have shifted to this uh, paddy cultivation True. it's True. A very surprising similarly in yeah. maharashtra sugarcane yeah i, I will add a very interesting point to what you just said dr tyagi ji that now because of double cropping in punjab so they harvest the wheat mm-hmm. and within a few weeks they have to plant paddy yeah. and so there is no time for the crop residue to yeah. kind of disintegrate and, and they are burning it and so uh-huh. now we are burning the crop residue yes. and mm. so every year in november we have this huge pollution episodes mm. in uh, entire north india yes. so in a lot of way like you know i mean obviously so it's not unique problem for our country but for the entire developing world is the poverty level mm-hmm. so obviously we cannot put any brakes on development clearly because you need to put mm. food on the tables of people we are not like the us or europe where we can make sacrifices mm-hmm. there so there can be no sacrifices regarding food healthcare education mm-hmm. but in the quest of that i think we've taken very different and wrong track than what we should have taken and this is clearly not sustainable and that's very very clear mm-hmm. finding the right crop rotation and the right crop which is suitable for the climate and something that actually is suitable for the diet of the local people mm-hmm. those concerns were never one more thing is land use covers if you see mm-hmm. earlier there were there were forests now the agriculture came mm-hmm. and after agriculture now it's the industry or urbanization mm-hmm. so now you see what is happening is that we are creating the concrete jungles so these concrete jungles are also contributing to the warming which oh, yeah, we call as yeah. urban heat island yes. mm-hmm. that's what has happened to the most mm-hmm. of the cities and all if you see barring few their green structure has gone and now it uses concrete concrete we all know it absorbs and traps the radiation mm-hmm. and which leads yes. to warming mm-hmm. and not only that you also have the pakka road naturally you need development mm-hmm. you have pavements what that is doing is that earlier the water used to percolate down Hmm. Yeah. Right that is not percolating yeah. down not and you are drawing more water so mm. your water table down has mm. come down secondly because of this concretization this water when there is a heavy rainfall event mm. the runoff is so fast it is creating lot of problems flash floods mm. yeah. flash yeah. floods and then people are linking it with the climate change yeah. chennai yeah. example yeah most yeah. of the people and say again chennai yeah. as you very yeah. well said yeah. 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 you know yeah. all the construction has taken place yes. in the low lying area mm. or where there were earlier ponds mm. so mm. what people have done is builders they have filled those ponds constructed the mm-hmm. houses whenever mm-hmm. there's a heavy rainfall event you will see knee deep water there's no there. place for water so mm-hmm. it's not again here it's not climate change mm-hmm. in fact it is the land use land cover mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. yeah so this that, is very important mm-hmm. we should not confuse mm-hmm. along this this is a very interesting point that like you know our conversation came to this that uh, sometimes even the best of intentions have led to wrong results mm-hmm. and i'm uh, concerned that that might even happen in the future and this is all coming because like of our way of thinking of uh, industrial scale thinking so for example if you look at our nationally determined contribution that we agreed to do in the paris treaty so the basis of paris treaty is that we will try to keep global warming less than 2 degrees and hmm. preferably 1.5 degrees for that purpose india we as a country we committed to like massive growth in renewable energy mm-hmm. to reduce emissions from fossil mm-hmm. fuels yes. and also managing our land resources better like afforestation and other things so that we can 
absorb carbon yeah. from the atmosphere and store mm. it in the land so thereby reducing the greenhouse gas <coughs> concentration now if you look at like most of the afforestation programs that we have undertaken earlier mm. they have been very like you know kind of industrial scale monoculture mm -hmm. that mm. there will be hundreds of thousands of acres of eucalyptus Hmm. Now, this is something, similar thing also happened in uh, Nepal with rhododendrons. Okay. For example, that Nepal was afforested with rhododendrons hmm. and now the ecology of Nepal, that Kathmandu Valley, mm -hmm. is actually devastated and mm -hmm. it was funded by, I think, Australian government. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm afraid that, like, you know, what this is something that I have seen in our country earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, when I travel by train, I see these monocultures of eucalyptus. Eucalyptus yeah. and popular tree. Pop popular. And, yeah. popular. Yeah. Yes. So, that's why right. local species should be promoted not the alien ones i'm reminded of uh, the republic day parade at rajpath the science and technology tableau mm -hmm. uh, which pertain to agriculture their theme this time was mishrit kheti yes. mixed farming yes, and this yes. i think if emphasis is laid and it is implemented by one and all i think in terms of natural resource management it can be a good step absolutely see what has happened you know mm. earlier we used to have only mixed cropping mm. even your tribal communities you go even mm. bastar where i had worked mm. they all follow mixed cropping mm. but it's only for without the being time, educated about yes it. yeah that, by that, default. that's their own uh -huh. experience over say no, hundreds but, of but, years but uh, dr if we look at the current scenario yeah. we have been now used to a particular lifestyle Yeah. we need like minimum thing mm -hmm. uh, is there and now we are saying we reduce it a farmer ultimate objective is to earn more money so True. the crop which give fetch him more money in the market yes. they will grow mm -hmm. that natural market forces yeah so now one side there is a market force there is a like uh, looking for a more uh, energy intensive yeah. uh, hmm. oriented uh, lifestyle and then we are talking about climate change and global warming for a communicator like me it poses a big challenge how i can convince an ordinary yes. person you change your habits hmm. you go back to this uh, older uh, time you reduce your energy demand or consumption your lifestyle hmm. i think it's very difficult so we can do at this level because we are totally you know in a such a state where we cannot uh, came out of uh, vicious circle around us it's true but then we can come out of that suppose as you said energy utilization you see we are in a tropical country we have plenty of sunlight but mm. you see the building design we construct building such a way that natural light doesn't enter into the building so that is one aspect the but least we can do by way of contribution is say no to tetra packs for a change <laughs> there are many things we can say you no. know it's like jumping a red light and then when the policeman catches you then you offer him whatever yeah. fine he levies on you then again jump the second red light okay, so I'll, even if you pay the cess it amounts to nothing it yeah. amounts to so nothing yeah. it's a, not a very interesting uh, anecdote if you will mm -hmm. actually i understand the question that you had asked tyagi uh, ji mm -hmm. that we need development mm -hmm. and quite likely and obviously there is really i mean because where we have so many the population is so high so many people are below the poverty line clearly we need development how can we do it in a sustainable way yeah. now if we start thinking along industrial scales mm -hmm. and adopt the policies of the past i think we will probably not be able to do both and so time has come for new thinking mm -hmm. and here there are two sources of information obviously we have modern science which you know i mean as a scientist both uh, dr sharma and i represent but on the other hand we have traditional indigenous knowledge, knowledge. 
which actually works very well with market mm-hmm. forces. Mm-hmm. I will give you one simple example. Like if you look at Himachal, mm-hmm. Himachal, we used to have apples growing in the valleys, right? Mm-hmm. Now then global warming kicked in. And mm-hmm. so the climate that is required for to grow apple in the valley, the farmers noticed that they couldn't grow apple there anymore. So now after 10, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. now if you go to Himachal, what will you see? Very, very interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You will see that many apple orchards have migrated up the slope Mm -hmm. to higher altitudes Mm -hmm. where the climate is more suitable Mm -hmm. and the farmers who are growing apple in the valley now they are growing crops like baby corn and capsicum Mm -hmm. for season vegetables Mm -hmm. for which Mm -hmm. now there is a big market for Mm -hmm. that in Mm -hmm. uh, urban areas like delhi like Mm -hmm. if you go to a restaurant in delhi 20 years back i had never seen a baby corn Mm -hmm. if i see saw a baby corn Mm -hmm. i would have thought what is this? There's something wrong with this. It has not but, grown. True. But <laughs> now, because mm-hmm. there is more money, yes. so I mean, you look at this is something that I see as a bottom-up way of adapting to climate change, which mm-hmm. is something that happened mm-hmm. purely based on like not you know any kind of large-scale policy prescription, but mm-hmm. decisions taken by farmers at local level. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I personally feel that there are lots of probably lots of these kinds of opportunities which we are not thinking mm-hmm. because many of us, we are stuck in that way of thinking of large-scale factory farming and industrial. Like even somebody said, you know, now the new varieties of apple are coming, which will be grow even at a still lower level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's also going to happen. That is actually a part of that uh, strategy, You have how to adapt to this climate yes. change. But my one question is, uh, Dr. To Somnath and sir, to you. See, like you said, like sometime with best of intention, what we propose, it turned out to be a fiasco. Sometimes I see, like uh, we have to dealt the problem of pollution or polluting industry. We we said we'll put more cess or or tax mm. on that. But by imposing more tax or by cess, I think the harm which they are doing to the environment, it cannot be compensated by anything. Yes. So, what should be then the approach? like this uh, tetra packing or, or this no, but then that's what the issue is that like i think somewhere <coughs> in, if you go to Srinagar in jammu kashmir so there's a garden over there what they have done you know if you come with your chips or kurkure packet mm-hmm. with them they will ask you to deposit 10 rupees or 20 rupees per packet mm-hmm. or water bottle another 10 rupees mm-hmm. so that if you go there and leave those empty packets mm-hmm. and come back you will not get your money okay. but my question goes beyond that okay Anyway, you have created that uh, you know material which is not biodegradable. Mm-hmm. You you will throw it somewhere. It no, is only what, what I want to tell here was that if you collect it huh. back, then you recycle it in your factory again, reuse it. But I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. We should go for more of recyclable products yes. rather than this kind of do not biodegrade and yes. creates more problem. I yeah. do agree. I do agree. Come to the concluding part of the program, which is the letters. Now, uh, Tagiji, I see a deluge of letters here. Yeah, I also have this number. Uh, you can see the, this bunch of uh, hmm. these are the letters which have come so that's uh, through the email. Email. Very yeah. good news for the program and very good news uh, for yeah, the listeners as well. The program is becoming popular day by day. <laughs> and I think Vigyan Prasar and All India Radio has linked the science. Yeah. Yeah. And one is happy to see to new listeners joining in. To give you an example, this is Pappu Kumar from District uh, Araria, Bihar. Then yeah. there's uh, a regular listener. Again, she's written in Divya Tiwari from Kanpur, Dehat. There's Anish Kumar Gaurav from uh, Deepu Gadha, Parle, Jharkhand, all far off places. This is uh, Ravi Shankar Chandrakar Divan from Baroda Bazar, Chhattisgarh. This is uh, 
दिलीप कुमार जायसवाल फ्रॉम बलिया दिस इज जैनब फातिमा फ्रॉम शाहजहापुर एमपी रविशंकर चंद्राकर दीवान आई ऑल्सो हैव दी नेम्स विच आई रिसीव थ्रू ईमेल दैट इज ए अभिलाष द्विवेदी रोशन कुमार राहुल राम सिंह देन अनिरुद्ध सर्जिकल आई थिंक दिस वॉज बिट स्ट्रेंज नेम एंड अनुपम मिश्रा अमन कुमार सिंह एंड श्री हर्षा सुरेश कुमार देर सो मेनी आरती देवी मोहन बाबू बट आई वुड लाइक टू मेक ए रिक्वेस्ट टू माई ऑल लिस्नर्स हु आर सेंडिंग देयर लेटर्स और द आंसर थ्रू मेल दैट दे आर नॉट राइटिंग देयर पोस्टल एड्रेस ऑन मेल आई थिंक इफ यू आर द लकी विनर आई थिंक वी कैन नॉट सेंड योर प्राइज थ्रू मेल सो लेट्स टेक दिस अपॉर्चुनिटी टू कन्वे टू ईच एंड एवरी लिस्नर दैट वेन एवर द राइट इन दे शुड मैंशन देयर फुल नेम एंड एड्रेस एड्रेस एंड कन्वीनियंस Well with that we come to the conclusion of this very stimulating discussion on natural resource management in the science serial life must go on. Uh thank you uh Dr Sharma, Dr Roy and Dr Tyagi. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You were listening to the 36th episode of this science serial produced by All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar titled interactive program based on listeners letters participants were dr birendra kumar tyagi scientist and coordinator science serial dr anand kumar sharma regional coordinator agromet advisory services division india meteorological department dr somnath bedya roy associate professor center for atmospheric sciences iit delhi manoj bankar was moderating the program You can send your advice by simple post our addresses Science Serial Life Must Go On All India Radio Room Number 615 New Broadcasting House Sunset Mark New Delhi 110001 You can also write on our email ID radio@vigyanprasar.gov.in Please do write or mail us your full name age and profession If associated with Science Club do let us know the membership of your club If you have any query or question Don't hesitate to write to us. We will be back again with the next episode of the Science Serial Life Must Go On same day, same time next week. Till then, goodbye.